Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Healthier Together podcast. I'm your host, Liz Moody, and I'm a cookbook author and longtime journalist. Are we we sticking with cookbook author now? I am a cookbook author. I know, but you... I'm a two-time cookbook author with Penguin Random House. You do so much. You have the new oh, Healthy Together like are deck. Are we only cookbook author? It's just, uh, you know, it's a fun thing to lead with, but you could lead with so many things. Female entrepreneur, Liz Moody, <laughs> the visionary behind food blog, LizMoody.com, and the social media account at Liz Moody. And, uh, Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, my husband and biggest fan and also biggest critic somehow in no. one, <laughs> Zach. Zach, if you want to say Hi. Hi. This episode, I thought it'd be really fun to do a little look back at 2021. This is one of our last episodes, not our last episode of 2021, so don't get sad about that yet. I have a great episode coming for you next week, but I thought it'd be fun to do a little look back at the year, some reminiscing, and then go over some of the stuff that I learned, some of my biggest lessons for the year that hopefully maybe you can take something from it and I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. It's good to take moments to reflect on and kind of scale out of your life. I don't think it needs to take the form of a New Year's resolution, but I do think there's like that week after Christmas before New Year's where nobody's working, so nobody's bugging you on email, and it's a good time to take and reflect. So maybe you can take some of these learnings and reflect on them and incorporate them into your reflections and maybe some of your goals for 2022 and beyond. What are your thoughts on New Year's resolutions? I think that New Year's resolutions are generally made to be broken when they're in the form of resolutions. But I also secretly like a good vision board. I, I like love I a like setting board. some intentions. I think it's hard to achieve goals when you don't know what your goals are. You know the difference for me is that what is a resolution versus just kind of like an intention. I like the idea of an intention because it means we're going to try to do something. I have an intention to work out more this year. Not like I got to go to the gym every single day. And if I don't, I will have a gym membership that I'm paying for all year long. We get so caught up in the minutia of our day-to-day life. You wake up and you have your to-do list and you tackle it for the day. And sometimes we can get that feeling of, am I actually moving anything really forward? Am I moving my career forward? Am I moving my relationship forward? Am I moving my social life forward? Am I moving these larger goals forward? And I think that that happens when you don't take a second to zoom out and say, what do I want my life to look like? What is the larger thing that I'm aspiring for here? And I think moments like New Year's, can be an opportune time to reflect on something like that. I also think birthdays are great for that. And I think also maybe just scheduling in something quarterly every six months to just really take a second and look at your larger goals. Would you have a vision board for 2022 in your mind? Yeah. I like to do my stuff in early January because my birthday falls in the first month of the new year. So for me, that's my zoom out, like the birthday, you know, Q1, zoom out. And then I'm like, what? What are we doing with our life? Okay, well, we'll get into what are we doing with our life? We'll get into lessons for 2021 in a second. But first, I would love to just do like a little bit of a retrospective, look back on the year. Do you feel like it was a good 2021 for you? Yes. Yeah? Yes, I do. It's, I mean, it's interesting. It was There was a lot of tumult. Yeah. And I, I mean, I still am in the, the zone of like, you know, with COVID and everything, any year that you, you know, you're above the ground and you're doing okay and everything, like it's a good year. But it was, I'd say, uh, like an especially good year for us from like an adventure perspective. I think we got to travel the country and see some really fantastic places in a way that I had never really thought that like a normal year of my life could hold. 
I think two things for me happened this year. One is that I feel like Yumi and Bella became a little family. Like, I think we were a family before. What? Why are you laughing? I, I, I'm not laughing. I think we were a family before, obviously, but there was something really magical about having all these adventures together and having the great times and the harder times of nomad life. And we experienced it as this little threesome. Bella is our cat for anybody who's who's wondering. (laughs) Anybody who's wondering. But she was in the car with us traveling between all these places. If I have... Driving 15,000 miles with a cat really puts the cat in a different relationship in your life. It does. And I think because maybe we were so separated from all of the other anchors of our lives and it was just you, me, and Bella and our environment changed, our weather changed, our house changed, our our bathroom changed, our kitchen changed, our people we hung out with changed in every single place. The shape of our day, the structure of our day changed. So you, me, and Bella, that was the constant at the middle. So that was one big thing for me was that I feel like we became like a little family. And then the second thing was this is the year that I think I became really comfortable in doing this career. I think I've thought of myself as a really long time as a journalist primarily who happens to write cookbooks, who happens to have a podcast, who happens to do a social media job. I shied away from the term influencer and things like that. But I think this is the year that I really came into my own and I said, this is my job. I love this job. It is to me, in a lot of ways, an evolution of the type of content creation I did when I was working in magazines and editorial. But I don't think of myself as like a journalist doing this now. I think this is my job. I am a content creator. And coming into myself in that capacity, I think made me better at doing my job, but it also made me enjoy it more and it made me less apologetic for it. I Slight tangent, but because I, I handle a lot of the operations for the deck, I was just registering your company for sales tax in the state that our warehouse is, and they make you pick the category of business you are. Uh-huh. And I was like- Media, publishing, uh, content creation, manufacturing. It's a lot. It's a lot of different things. And yeah. I came down on a few different ones. But it, There's a lot of facets to it. Yeah. And I think it's it's impressive. Thank you, babe. It's also the year that both of us got on board with Botox. Not you doing it, but you were really against it. And I think that's like an interesting transition we both had this year. I wasn't against it. Sorry, that felt like very left field. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't against it in principle, but I'm always really scared of losing the beautiful expressiveness that you have in your face and features and stuff like that. And 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 having seen people that are maybe less expressive with maybe less talented applications of it. But right. It was it was a big revelation for me, though, too, even with stuff like filters this year, where I kind of I think I went from a more judgmental space at the beginning of the year where I was kind of like, this is the right way to do things. This is the wrong way to do things to being more like being a person in this world is hard. And there are so many ways we are all muddling through that and all of them are valid and all of them are beautiful. And I think that was a really big learning for me over the course of the year. So I'm a lot less judgy about pretty much any way that anybody chooses to approach most things, whether that's wellness, (laughs) filters, Botox, any of that, including to myself. I think I used to judge myself. I was like, I don't want to be a person who does Botox. I don't want to be a person who defines myself in any of these ways. And What a weird thing to constrict yourself with labels in that way. I don't think that one thing necessarily says all of these other things about you. And I think to extrapolate all of these things about a person leads us down a really negative path societally. And the fact that I was kind of 
privy to that and engaging with that for a while didn't make me feel good. And I think I've moved through a lot of those feelings over the course of this year. Excellent. (laughs) All right. So I have 21 things I learned in 2021. I have also some bonus things that are going to be just for podcast listeners, but I'm going to post the full list of these on my Instagram. I do this every year. It's one of my favorite things to kind of look back and think about everything that I've learned over the course of the year, but I wanted to talk through things in a little bit more depth on here. So I'm not going to do these in any particular order. I would love your feedback whenever you feel like you have feedback on any or extra learnings. I'm going to have more feedback than you're going to have let me have time for, but just wave wave at me when I'm just rambling. Why don't we start with a fun one? Just because we had a little bit of a viral moment on TikTok with this. Did we? Yeah. Oh, we did. And I've posted a lot about cellulite specifically this year, but The learning is smaller bodies have cellulite, larger bodies have cellulite, babies have cellulite. Cellulite matters not at all, and any time spent thinking about it is time wasted. I love this one because we did this viral TikTok that was like me asking you what your thoughts were on cellulite, and you almost had such a hard time doing it with me because you were like, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this. (laughs) Like it's Yeah, it it, it turned out what the people – wanted was basically why it was so hard for me, which is that I truly could not care less. Like you literally, you notice that you're not blind to it because you're also actually, you're interesting. I have extremely bad eyesight. You're Well, you're an interesting person because they always say there's these tests that say that men actually don't notice detail in the same way that women do. Like their brain processes detail in different ways. And some evolutionary psychologists think that it's because women were on the ground picking berries in the old days. So we had to like be picking out this precise detail. I would love to be an evolutionary psychologist. You could just come up with theories. berries probably. (laughs) And nobody can disprove you. They're just like, well, that's For all you evolutionary psychologists out there, sorry, right? We know it's a lot harder than that. <laughs> um, but you don't. You notice detail precisely. Yeah, yeah. You uh, honestly, hairs off my face that I have not seen that's yet. That's never happened. <laughs> when it comes to objects in space, I think certainly between the two of us, I notice things maybe yeah, at like you're the master yeah. of space and time. Okay, <laughs> uh, but I well, uh, can you speak to your thoughts briefly on cellulite, stretch marks, etc.? These things that I think. Women and myself, I spent a lot of time being like, should I be hiding this? Mostly because I've been told I need to hide this. And then it's been interesting to be in this long-term relationship with you. And clearly you've seen my body from angles and lighting that nobody should have to see my body from. Uh, (laughs) Oh, there's been some bad lighting days. You took care of me after my nose job. (laughs) Um, But you love it all. And I think that's been really interesting for me. I'm going to answer this with uh, also kind of a question because I like to be frustrating. You have an opinion about scars that I think is really mature and kind of fun where you're like, scars are badass. They show that you've used your body and that it's like a piece of living. And I kind of feel that about almost all parts of a person's body. The idea of people looking airbrushed is also like looking less. Right. You're just removing content. You're removing things. In general, like my body isn't without dimples and scars and mess ups and fat and all the other kind of stuff like that. And your body is for living, not looking. I feel like you're saying that. Like that's something that you said. Yeah. Yeah. That felt (laughs) like it. I I agree. It's It's a good motto. And I think having things be read as evidence of living, not looking is great. And also so many people who worked in childcare, like NICU nurses or nannies or 
things like that where like I spend so much time with babies and babies have cellulite. And I think it's ridiculous that we as a society have decided cellulite something bad when literally we are born with it. It's not something to spend a lot of time think about thinking about. Totally taking a left turn. People make investing sound super complicated. This was a huge realization that I had both in, I did a podcast interview, a money Q&A with her first 100K, which I highly recommend you listen to. It's a really great podcast episode. But just kind of, in, we've been really going on like a money journey this year. I think particularly because we haven't done much saving or investing or things like that we've before this year. We've never had savings before, yeah. therefore. <laughs> but it's the realization was people make investing sound super complicated, but really the best financial move you can make is putting your money in well-distributed index funds and then don't freaking touch it. That's it. That's the trick. I think even when I first was looking at doing something with my money, I remember calling my uncle and being like, oh, you've done really well. Like, what's your strategy? And I was looking for him to be like, oh, will you buy the these stocks when it's at the markets at this number and blah, blah. And you're always looking for these little tricks. And we were just listening to another podcast episode where it was the head of one of the biggest venture capitalist firms in the country and one of the most successful ones. And he was just like, you're never going to outpredict the market. Like nothing that we're going to do is going to outpredict what the funds are going to do, basically. Even professional investors, I think, what was it, like 25% of the time only get better than the funds do? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's given the timeline that people actually should care about for investing, if you're not just kind of trusting a well-distributed market dynamics kind of policy, you're going to get burnt eventually. Well, and I think that it makes it seem more scary and complicated and people don't want to get involved in it because it's like, oh, it's this big thing. I don't know what I'm doing. But in actuality, you don't need to know what you're doing. You just need to put your money in these funds and then don't touch it. And the mistake people make is they want to get involved and they want to touch it and they want to be like, oh, the market's high today. I'm going to take it out and put it here. And actually, you just like want to put it in these funds and not touch it. Yeah. Put people, people have the tendency to want to over, over manage. I, even me, I've had that. I've been like, wait, that's it. So we put our money in some of these funds this year and um, I feel really good about it. it. It makes me feel like a responsible human. All right, next. Frequent little things can matter more than infrequent big ones. Instead of focusing on your once a year vacation, ask what you can do to add 10 minutes of joy to your daily life. This was a huge realization that I had when I was doing my holiday gift guide episode was how many of my gifts I had chosen to elevate everyday moments of our lives. So I think if you're interested in looking for products that will actually do this, definitely go check out the holiday gift guide episode. But it's stuff like I think one, I was reading a study once that one of the best ways that we can spend money is to solve problems, not to add stuff to our life. So looking for those little problems in your life and then spending money to address them, buying things to address them or changing your habits to address them. But then I also think little ways to elevate these everyday moments. Like we have that soap that I'm obsessed with, that Mm. I love, that it smells so good. And then every single time I wash my hands, I'm in a moment of bliss, you know? Yeah. When it feels like you're like walking through a rainforest just by, by, Getting in the shower, that is a Our creosote shower oh, yeah. hanging. Love that. It's, it's not so, really a rainforest, but yeah, the, whatever the opposite the, is. <laughs> the Sonoran Desert. Yeah. yeah. And I do think COVID's been a big realization for me with this. I used to be like, I do my big vacation every year. I look forward to it all year. That's like my moment of joy. But I'm like, why am I 
looking for one to two weeks to make up for the entire year. Well, and and I think the like other studies are like the real satisfaction for that is in the anticipa- anticipation for the thing. And then yeah. it like doesn't necessarily pay off. So, I mean, there is to a point like, right, like something that you actually truly can anticipate for all year maybe has some impact, but also, I know lots of people that they go on that vacation, that one vacation, and then it pours, and then they're sad, and then it's like the whole thing. Right. Or there's a global pandemic, and then you can't travel right. to another right, country right, right, or something right, right. like that. So I do think still plan the vacation. Most people don't take all their vacation days, and I think that's so important whether or not Especially there's travel in a restrictions with no or vacation anything. days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we barely have any as is, so take all of the ones that we have. But I also think really being like, how can I have sheets that I'm going to be excited to get into every single night? How am I going to have – I have my my sippy cup, my grown-up sippy cup, and I has like a really fun pattern on it. And I love it and it makes me happy to drink my water every single day. I have tea that I love. I have my hand soap that I love. I think identifying those little tiny moments that you can take that will elevate your every single day – is way more critical to our happiness than these bigger deal events. Well, and especially I think the solving problems thing too, because like you look back and like, well, this thing is bothering me every single every day. Single like this day. thing is, it's not, it's not even just joy. This thing is bringing me discomfort every single day. There like was invest, I- invest in your workspace, invest in literally like how your body moves, you know, every day if you can. There was somebody that I interviewed a while back and they said that they take like a half an hour on every Sunday to just kind of look back at things that cause them strife throughout their week and then see if they could solve one of them as a problem. And I think that's interesting. Whether it was a relationship thing, is there a way to like smooth some friction in a relationship and have a conversation? Whether it's a day planning thing, is there a way you could restructure, reorganize your day? Or whether it's a, you know, something easy you could buy, like buying a, the thing I immediately think of is like one of those plug things with all the pl- a surge protector. Oh, yeah. Nothing like a good surge protector. <laughs> so that you like, instead of always unplugging and replugging stuff in, you can just like plug your stuff in or and like, it has a little. Most people are like, we don't have that problem. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about, but I like the idea of kind of scheduling in a little bit of time where you actually think about problems and try to solve them. I actually have never heard you say that before. I might, I might actually start doing that. That's a great, as a problem solver. As a problem solver. <laughs> like, I love the idea of dedicated time. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. I have been looking for a quality fish oil to take myself and recommend to you for years, and I genuinely couldn't find one that met my quality standards. And then I kept hearing from doctors on the pod about how important it was for our brains and our hearts, even dermatologists who said it makes a huge difference for our skin. And I was like, okay, I truly need to figure this out. Then I found O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil from Puri. The brand was literally created because the founder ran into the same problem as me. He couldn't find anything truly pure enough to take daily. Puri believes in full transparency with all of their products. Every single batch is third-party tested by the Clean Label Project and IFOS, which tests fish oils looking for the highest quality, safety, and purity standards in the world against more than 200 contaminants, heavy metals, pesticides, glyphosate, dioxins, and bisphenols, to name a few, and they always receive a 5 out of 5 star rating. Every Puri bottle actually comes with a QR code so you can scan and see the results for yourself. This is well above the standards of any other fish oil I've found, which is so important to me because if I am consuming something for my health, I don't want it to actually be causing harm. Puri's fish oil is so fresh, you'll never get any gross 
fishy burps because every batch is tested to make sure it hasn't oxidized and gone rancid. And yes, that is where those burps come from. Do not just take my word. With Puri, you can find actual data behind every single batch, which makes Puri a supplement brand that you can trust. Right now, Puri is offering my listeners 20% off their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil and all of their great products. Go to my special URL, puri.com slash Liz Moody, and use my promo code Liz Moody. This even applies to the already discounted subscriptions. You will get almost a third off the price. Go to puri.com slash L-I-Z. M-O-O-D-Y. Do not wait. Use promo code Liz Moody at P-U-O-R-I dot com slash Liz Moody. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 by Athletic Greens maybe five years ago because I was traveling a lot and I wanted an alternative to green smoothies when I was on the go. I actually don't think that I've taken a trip without it since because it makes such a difference with travel constipation. I went from having constant gut problems on trips to being able to poop regularly and also still feeling energized even though when I travel, I'm usually mainlining croissants like five times a day. The energy element is the main reason I started to bring it into my daily life. As I'm sure you're very sick of hearing me say, I don't drink coffee or any type of caffeinated tea in the morning. It just messes with my anxiety too much and it makes me feel jittery and then crashy later. Now, when I feel sluggish in the morning, I mix a scoop of AG1 into water and chug it down. It's honestly like instant energy. And unlike caffeine, it's real energy that comes from flooding your body with nutrients, not stealing from your adrenals. So there's no jitters, no crash, nothing. Just this feeling of like vim and vigor and being ready to take on the day. AG1 has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that were specifically selected to support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And maybe even more importantly, they actually use clinically researched amounts of everything they include. So you're actually getting the studied benefits. I checked on that because a lot of times, even if it actually says something on the package, it's like such a tiny pinch that it's basically just marketing. It also has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no artificial anything. And they're third-party tested, which is always so important to look for. I know you're going to ask how it tastes, and I'm going to be honest, I actually love it. It tastes a little sweet, a little grassy, and really bright and fresh. I'd say it's like a really good green juice. I've also come to crave the flavor simply because I associate it with making me feel so good. I've basically pavloved myself. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash healthier together. I love the travel packs. I keep one with me at pretty much all times, and the vitamin D3 and K2 is amazing. You actually want to make sure that you look for K2 with your D3 because the K2 helps the D transport calcium to your bones where it's needed rather than calcifying in your arteries. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash healthier together to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, let's get back to the episode. Okay, your job doesn't care about you on a personal level, so stop caring on a personal level about your job. This is one of my favorite ones. It 
I think applies a little bit less to self-employed people, although it actually really does still apply yeah. to self-employed how it, people. How does it apply to you? Well, the reason I thought of it was because I kept having friends call me and saying they were so stressed about work and basically having to have these boundary conversations with them about your work will make you work all hours because like they don't care that you need to go home and watch TV with your partner and eat a nice dinner and do yoga and feel good about yourself. So you need to draw that boundary yourself and then you need to stick to it. And I've had other, you know, somebody else was nervous about leaving a job and they're like, what will they do without me? And then they left and literally like nothing happened. Like I do think we- That's always that's always such a depressing feeling is you, you like, you're like, Without me, this thing will collapse. And then, and then you doesn't. walk away and you're like, I felt of like course, that at like, my last job yeah. completely. I was like, I am indispensable. This whole place will come crumbling without, down without me. And then I left to go on book tour and everything was fine. Like everything is still running very successfully to this day. And I think our work is important. We can get a lot of a sense of purpose from our work. And that's important too. But I also think sometimes we, we create a level of intensity that's maybe not there and thus coming with that a level of pressure that maybe doesn't really need to be there either. Well, and and also stress is addictive. Stress right. is addictive. People, that's people a, a get, thing people to get caught. note. Yeah. People just get caught in the cycle of it doesn't feel good, but it still is something that's kind of craveable by your body. I think, I think like chemically. So yeah. And it's hard to get out of that cycle. But I think on this level, on my working for myself level, I think that it's the idea that there could be an infinite amount of things I could do on any given day and having to draw those boundaries. And, you know, I love getting to show up and interact with my whole community. It's one of my favorite things. But I also think that can bleed into I could just produce one more piece of content, answer five more DMs, and I could work and work and work forever. Yeah, the, the infinite expanse of work always extends kind of thoughtlessly to your time and need, you know, no yeah, matter, no for matter sure. who you are. This is one of my favorite ones. Don't take advice from people who you wouldn't want your life to look like theirs in that area. So don't let a hairdresser with hair you don't like cut your hair. Don't let someone whose relationship you don't want to emulate give you relationship advice. I think this one is critical and we lose sight of it. And I think it sounds totally like normal. You're like, of course, with the hairdresser one, right? You're like, why would I let somebody whose hair that I hate cut my hair? I was actually the other way around. I'm like, I'm like of course, with the relationship one, but the hair one, I'm like, well, like <laughs> not everybody has the same hair. Like that might just look much better on them. Like, somebody who's worky you don't like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do think with the relationship one, it's so interesting to me how often that we look at a friend who has a job that we don't like or a work-life balance that we don't like, and then we go to them for advice about how we should handle our career. Or we look at somebody whose dating life is a mess, and then we listen to their opinions on how we're doing our relationship. And I think that it's something that we do all of the time inadvertently, and you can value your friends. You can value their advice, but I think there is something so critical about figuring out the very specific realms in which you would like to value their advice. Figure out who you go to for what, and then go to them for that, and figure out the sectors that you don't want your life to look like theirs that you maybe would go to somebody else for that advice. Which is also important to say, you know, be clear on what advice you're actually seeking at any given time too. I think it's 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 very easy to be either given unsolicited advice or to not make your advice 
advice requests clear enough and therefore you get broad brush kind of like well maybe you should fix your hair and you're like i was really just looking for help with like writing this like little blurb on my dating profile and you're like (laughs) (laughs) no it's true or or the times when you're just like i just want to talk to you i think that's a very powerful thing to say i think i said that on my instagram the other day remember when we were out at betty's and you were like talking to me about something and you asked my opinion and I just kind of looked at you and you were like, that was not something you would even have an opinion about. I don't remember what it was about, but it was something that was just so clearly within your category of our relationship. And I was like, oh, you just wanted to talk out loud for a second, which is so valuable and real, honestly, to just talk out loud and sort out your own thoughts. But sometimes I think we're not great at communicating that that's a need that we have. For sure. And which also means you need to recognize it yourself, which is work. Which is work. The idea that we need to find what we're doing with our lives is flawed and boring. Most people do many things. Leaving room for change is how we grow, evolve, and don't have regrets on our deathbed. I think this one is critical. I think we spend so much time sometimes looking for our one thing, like who am I? What am I going to do? Who am I going to be? What's my life going to look like? And I think, like I said at the beginning of the episode, while it's important to zoom out and have a vision for your life because it's hard to achieve goals that you don't know what those goals are, I also think that we're not going to be one person and we're not going to have one career and we can pigeonhole ourselves by looking for who is that one person I'm going to be and what is that one career I'm going to have. I'd like to actually see like data on people who have you know, accomplish things that are really great mm-hmm. and see if they ever said, you know, I'm, I knew from the beginning I was going to do this one thing or like I was always like, there's Serena and Venus. And you know what? They would be, we just watched would, King they Richard. They would definitely <laughs> say that like, that, they, they, that's, if you haven't seen King Richard yet, it is on HBO Max, I think. Mm-hmm. It's with Will Smith. It literally is a testament to how much a single drive and focus can actually transform a life and a family's life. But I think that. That's the exception, not the rule. And probably, you know, without having ever chatted to either of them, I would imagine. You that don't they, talk they, to them? Not that often. Oh. I imagine they uh, would also consider themselves as doing other things as well. And they have. They've taken that success and turned it into so much more than tennis. I was going to say just tennis, but I'm like, there is no just tennis. Tennis is so wonderful unto itself. But yeah, I think it's really critical. Like how many careers would you say that you've had at this point in your life? paid probably <laughs> probably five and i think you know just as an example you started as an architect and now you work in technology and design and i don't think you would view that time you spent as an architect as wasted no use it all the time it's additive Every, i think everything that you builds. learn and you build and i think that saying this is wasted time i think i definitely fall into the trap of saying if this isn't progressive time and I can't directly see how this leads to this, leads to this, leads to this, then it's time that's wasted. And I think that's almost never true. I think we're always learning and growing. And it's also like wasted for what? Wasted to get where? What's the end? Because the goal is the living. The goal is the everyday. The goal is what makes you wake up and get out of bed in the morning. And the living and the growing and the learning and the changing is all part of that. So wasted for what? Well, it's, I mean, it's time you could have been spending playing tennis. <laughs> I could have been Serena. I was really a waste. Zach and I play tennis together. It's like one of our go-to things, and we are truly terrible. Oh, very bad. 
we're we're bad tennis players. So I think that's a really big one is what's the Elizabeth Gilbert advice? She said, like, follow your curiosity. That was another time I needed to just talk out loud because I did not think you would know the Elizabeth Gilbert advice. <laughs> Everything she's ever said memorized. I think she said follow. She's like, I don't like the idea of following your purpose or your passion. I forget which one, but follow your curiosity because your curiosity is going to lead you to new and exciting places. And I think this is important too. It gives you room to change. I think by saying, I'm going to be this person, I'm going to do this thing. We can also really trap ourselves into a version of ourselves that no longer fits. There is a, maybe an equally valuable, but like very not, you know, kind of sweet and beautiful stat, which is basically that CEOs, like the the best quality for CEOs is, is a diverse background. To actually run businesses to be successful in the very kind of peak executive level thing, you it's it's considered to be one of the absolute best things to do is to have diversity and experience. I love that. Focusing on a few things that really move the needle on your health is way more effective than trying to do too much and feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And I hear this a lot from listeners of this podcast, from followers on Instagram, from people in the wellness world at large, is I think sometimes people, you know, listen to all the Ask the Doctors and then they're like, oh my God, how do I fit all of these different life changes into my life? It's so crazy. It's so overwhelming. And I think that viewing the wellness information more like a charcuterie board where like it's all there, but you can take what specifically serves you. Like sometimes you're in like a meat and cheese mood and sometimes it's like a deviled eggs mood and then it's like, a, no? No, no, never really. I want to figure out what the analogy of deviled eggs deviled is for eggs you. Deviled eggs <laughs> mood. Deviled eggs is like uh, endurance, like long distance marathon running. Yeah, probably will never get there. Uh, But no, I think it's important also to think, what are the problems I'm trying to address? So for me, I'm trying to usually address my anxiety. I'm trying to address low energy is something that I struggle with a lot. So when I'm looking for health solutions, I'm really looking for ones that are geared towards tackling those issues. Whereas you might have different things, like you were having a knee thing a while ago. So we were really trying to tackle inflammation in your body and paying attention to different resources that you could use to tackle inflammation. Yeah. I mean, and in a lot of ways too, it's like what I'm going to keep on your circuitry board analogy. Uh, it's like, what, what do you want to eat every day? Like, what are the things that, that like are going to bring you back to the table every morning, you know, before the work stuff happens or like basically like what is consumable and easy and actually like what will make that lift possible for you that you won't just like burn out on. Yeah. And I think that trying out different things is definitely a way to get there. Like my morning routine has come from me trying out so many different things to do in a morning until I found the ones that really got me to my goals. And my goals with my morning routine were to feel grounded and then to be more productive and more energetic throughout the day. And it took me a while to find that like perfect concoction of things that got me there. But I think trying this stuff and then realizing you don't need to do it all, giving yourself some space and grace to just do a few things. And you don't have to try it all either. Again, try the stuff that is addressing the issues that you have concerns with, not the issues, which are going to be so different than the issues I have concerns with that Betty down the street is going to have concerns with. Betty. (laughs) Okay. A pinch of mineral salt and water. You hate that I do this. I'm sorry that you hate that I do this. No, I don't hate it. It's just 
it's just there's salt in your water now. A pinch of mineral salt in water. It's just a little. It should not be enough to actually make it taste salty. It makes it way more hydrating and it needs to be mineral salt or sea salt or something like that. Basically, those electrolytes, those minerals are going to help deliver the water to your actual cells so that you're getting more hydrated from the water that you're drinking versus it actually just passing through you as Okay, can I just put it on like a piece of butter and toast and then just drink a lot of water right afterwards? I think you really want the water to absorb the salt. I think that's the point. Want it all point. just like moosh up in there in the stomach part? You can try it. Why don't you do an experiment in N of one and tell me how hydrated you feel? But I will say that every single person who has tried this trick, just a little pinch, it has to be mineral or sea salt. So you're getting all of those minerals and not just the sodium. Sodium is only one component that we're looking for. So all the minerals in your water, drink it. You'll feel way more hydrated. I've got, I get hundreds of messages literally weekly from people who are like, I cannot believe how hydrated I feel. This has changed my life. How do I know if I feel hydrated? You'll feel it. You'll feel the difference. In, in my heart. Will you try that one this year? Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah? Try it. I'll okay. Try it. You'll try it. Okay. Set boundaries with the news. You can find ways to be informed without subjecting yourself to a barrage of headlines and TV hosts who are using your fear to build their advertising budget. I think this is particularly important with TV news. I'm just going to say it. I think TV news is the worst way to get information. I think it is entertainment and playing fast and loose with entertainment that quite frankly makes you feel bad doesn't feel productive to me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that there's so many households where TV news is just on in the background 100% of the time and it's sapping energy, it's sapping productivity, and frankly, it's sapping the ability to make the changes that being informed is supposed to inspire. Well, all you have to do is sit around in like an airport or a hospital or like the DMV and watch how the same stuff is recycled because, you know, for national news, there actually isn't there's only so much stuff that is technically national news every yeah. single day. And, you know, that gets put in the headlines of newspapers and whatnot. And then 24 hours, it's people just reliving that and talking about it and chewing it over and coming up with like sometimes wildly inaccurate opinions and speculations for the whole day. Which makes us ruminate as well. And I think that it's really an important thing to note that hyperrumination is considered one of the main causes and signs of depression. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're feeling depressed and sad, often it is because you are hyperruminating on something. And that's a like real clinical diagnosis that psychologists use for depression is hyperrumination. And hyperrumination means and hyperrumination means to think over and over and over about a subject. And so what the news is doing, especially TV or cable news, is hyper-ruminating for you. It's causing you to ruminate about what's going on in the world versus digesting it in an informed way that, again, can help trigger the actions that you need to make change. I do think this is so important. We talked about this in the Ask the Doctor stress edition of the podcast. I highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode to hear our conversation of the news, but also our conversations around stress generally. But action is the antidote in so many ways to feeling anxious or feeling depressed. We also talk about this in the neuroscience of anxiety episode. So I think sometimes when we're just taking in information and we feel anxious or depressed about it, the way that we can break out of that cycle is to take action about it, whether that's donating to something, getting involved in politics on a local level, even just getting involved in your community, having a conversation with somebody, any of those things. And even like journaling, because I, mean, I think there's, there's a, a big contrast in hyper 
rumination because it's not just like you're having the conversation with yourself. Because if you are sitting down with a book and you're actually like putting down your thoughts on paper, there's no going back and just rehashing the same thing. You have the answer right there. That is almost – that's in itself an action. But the hyper-rumination, I, I, I'm only harping on this because I think it's such an important concept, is like it's when you're just like – Oh, that's bad news. Oh, that's bad news. And the thought comes back and you just kind of, you don't necessarily process it. It just floats and is literally ruminated in your head. So I recommend either picking uh, Dr. Boardman in my Ask the Doctor Stress Edition was like, pick a person who tells you like the stuff you need to know. I think that's an interesting technique. I also think picking a single podcast that you listen to regularly or a form of long form journalism can be really helpful. But I just don't think we need to be constant consumers of the news. I don't think that's helping us. I think that's helping them get clicks and advertising revenue. Although all that being said, like the quality of your sources matter. The quality of your sources matter. All right. Decision fatigue is one of the biggest mental drains and should be eliminated whenever possible. Automate your morning routine, create health habits so you're not deciding what to incorporate each day. This was huge for me when I decided I was going to work out every single day. And I know that people are going to be like, oh, you need rest days and whatever. And I'll talk about that in a second. But every day I was wor- I was waking up and I was like, is today a workout day? Is today a workout day? I don't know. And that decision fatigue often led to me not moving my body in any way, shape, or form. So now I do 20 to 30 minutes of movement every single day. I alternate between yoga, online weights, workouts, online sort of Pilates dance workouts, and then walks, longer walks and hikes. So I'm not doing like a full weight training that you would need a rest day from. I'm just moving my body every single day. But by making that non-negotiable, I've taken the decision of is today a movement day or not off the table. Recovery days don't mean laying on the couch all day. No, walks are apparently one of the best recovery. Walks, yoga, those those can be recovery days. Yeah. Are there any parts of your routine that you've – automated to make it easier yeah also working out although i mean i thought you were gonna say uh about the the rest days it's like but eventually something is going to destroy my whole routine within the week so there will always be at least one rest day but uh, yeah working out uh we've been doing our our circadian morning walks which are legit even Um, when i make you do them in the rain we did one in the pouring (laughs) rain today and i gotta say it was less than ideal it was less than it was than its best it wasn't its best yeah it was wet but it was good. It was great. Green smoothies are one of my biggest automated habits. That's my breakfast every day. I don't wake up and think what's going to be for breakfast. I wake up and I make a green smoothie and I don't even think about it. And I think that having those – also having associations is really important for habits. So if you have like a time of day that you're already doing something else and you want to tie a healthy habit to that, I think that that can be really useful. Oh, I did that with uh, putting on face sunscreen because apparently my face is going to fall off. But I'm doing it when I brush my teeth in the morning. And, and it's worked? You've been yeah. able to incorporate that routine? As long as I brush my teeth in the morning, which has always been yes. And um, an associated one you had, you put on a fun song and then you do your cold shower to that fun song. Yes, absolutely. That is how I get my cold shower in is I rock out to something preferably shorter than three minutes. I've been doing shower time to the Daily Stoic podcast, which I really like because he does two to three minute podcasts that are really similar to that book we were reading about just sort of like daily philosophical meditations and musings. It's a perfect amount of time for a shower. How would it fit with a cold shower? It'd be like two minutes. But would it like fit the vibe? Can you ponder when you're freezing? 
I guess there's only one way to find out. You should try it out. But yeah, I think as much as possible automating things, we have so many decisions to make throughout your day. I think especially in the morning automating things because every decision that you're making in the morning is taking away. You basically have a decision bank and you have a certain amount of money in that bank. And every time you wake a withdrawal from it, you're losing money that you can withdraw later in the day and then it replenishes overnight. So the more in the morning that you can keep that bank full, the more you're going to have the mental capacity to make the decisions that you need to make later in the day, whether they're in your relationships or uh, at your job or anything like that. So keep the bank full as much as possible and ask yourself, what can I automate? This is a big reason a lot of the big leaders, like company leaders, wore the same outfit every day. Steve Jobs wore famously his black turtleneck every single day. And that was so that he took this one small decision away about what he should wear that day so that he kept his decision bank a little bit fuller for more important decisions later on down the line. I've heard that's why Einstein didn't wear socks. Really? I've heard that. (laughs) So he didn't have to decide whether to put socks on? I don't know, bro. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, automate, 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 and think about the ways you can kind of tie habits together so that you're not thinking about your habits. They just become habits. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. When Zach and I started Healthy Convo Co., we needed to find the easiest way to get conversation cards from our warehouse onto our website and into your hands. I thought it was going to be the hardest part of starting a business, but it wound up being one of the easiest because we just used Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling gorgeous ceramics to sip morning tea from or beautiful journals to write prompts from the we're all in this together deck in, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. It helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. I know as a consumer, I'm way more likely to buy when a website has Shopify. It has all of my information saved, so checkout becomes a one-click situation, even on small business sites, which makes me so happy because I love shopping small. But it's not just small. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Liz M, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Liz M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Liz M. We love talking about our gut health here on the Healthier Together podcast, which is why I'm so excited to share the life-changing Seed Daily Symbiotic. I actually discovered Seed back when I was working as an editor full-time. A bottle came across my desk, and I was instantly taken by how cute the green glass packaging is. Then I found out that that packaging was actually refillable so that Seed could share its products as sustainably as possible. And then I actually looked into the research behind Seed, and well, I was blown away. 
First of all, seed is not just a probiotic. It is a symbiotic. That means it contains both pre and probiotics, which is super important. In fact, if you remember my Ask the Doctor Gut Health Edition, we talked about how prebiotics are one of the most important and often underlooked components of great gut health. Let me break it down for you. Probiotics are the live bacteria that are so beneficial to our gut health, but prebiotics are the food that those probiotics need to thrive. If you don't have ample prebiotics, the probiotics you're consuming will be undernourished and not be able to help your health in the way that you want. Speaking of your health, there's also a common misconception that probiotics or symbiotics are for people with gut issues, which is so not true. Like, yes, the seed symbiotic is amazing for your gut health, but your gut health impacts everything in your entire body, your skin, your mental health, your cardiovascular health, your ability to actually assimilate the maximum amount of nutrients from all that healthy food you're eating, having a happy gut is critical for all of it. It is hard to narrow down everything else that I love about seed. I am extremely particular with my supplements and I don't take many, but seed is just stellar across the board. It's been tested and tested and tested. Seriously, their testing process is bananas to make sure that it has 100% survival through the digestive process, which is so rare. And somehow they do all of that without needing refrigeration, which is very handy. I find that when I have refrigerated probiotics, I just forget about them and they get buried behind like old jars of pasta sauce, whereas I keep these on my bedside table, so I'm reminded to take them every single night. They also contain the 24 strains that are the most scientifically studied to support your whole body's health. I am obviously passionate about this stuff. Taking care of my gut has been a key part of my own anxiety journey and seed has been a vital part of that. So feel free to reach out with any questions. And if you like learning about gut health and how probiotics and prebiotics actually function, I highly recommend heading over to seed.com. They have a whole educational section that breaks down the science behind your microbiome in some of the easiest to understand ways that I have ever seen. And if you would like to try Seed for yourself and pretty much change your life forever, you can go to Seed.com and use the code LizMoody for 15% off your first month's supply of Seed's Daily Symbiotic. Again, that's code LizMoody on Seed.com. Now, let's get back to the episode. Look back at pictures from five to ten years ago that you hated, and you'll immediately be like, why didn't I appreciate when I looked like that? So appreciate today's pictures now. If you can't love yourself for your present self, love it so your future self won't have regrets. I know that you relate to this one. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel I, like... I always look at photos. I'm like, oh, God, so bad. And I get old photos. I'm like, nice. Nice. And it's crazy because I just remember like – Thinking, I posted a, a picture of me in a swimsuit recently that was from um, when we went on that British Virgin Islands like sailing trip. Also nice. And and I remember at the time thinking I look so fat, and I was like, I can't post these pictures. I look huge. I can't believe how bad my body looks. And I look back at it now, and I'm like, I had a beautiful body. Like I would love to have that be my body now. And I love my body now. I will also say I got you that banging swimsuit. And that's the most I've ever ever spent on a piece of clothing for you. Certainly the fabric to cost ratio. Yes, it was not very much fabric. Like a struggling grad school student was like, let's get an agent provocateur swimsuit for this BVI trip. And I so appreciate it. It was great. But yeah, I think think that having the- I just want to take a second and say I, I appreciate it. It was great. I think having the foresight- to say, you know that feeling I'm having right now about these old photos, future me is going to have this feeling about the photos now. And that's applicable whether you are 
18, 25, 35, 45, 60, 70. I think your future self is always going to want and wish that you'd enjoyed these moments of yourself. I mean, and a piece of it too, I think ties into what we were talking about earlier with the cellulite context where it's Mm. about seeing, and maybe that's even a piece of it is like, you know, we come to terms with how parts of our body have, have lived. And you look back five years ago and you're like, I've come to terms with all of the, like the living that had happened back then five years ago, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I really like that. All right. A few quick ones. Tongue scraping is one of the best ways to get rid of bad breath, eliminate cavities and make your gut healthier. A tongue scraper costs six or $7. You can get it on Amazon. Mine is from the package free shop. I absolutely love it. Literally, I just tongue scrape after I brush my teeth in the morning. It makes your mouth feel so much cleaner. And if you listen to my Ask the Doctor Dental Health Edition of the podcast, it, he talks about how incredibly important. I think he thinks tongue scraping is like as important, if not more so than brushing your teeth or flossing because we just get so much bacteria buildup on our tongue, which causes our breath to be bad. And also that bacteria when we swallow goes down into our gut and affects our gut microbiome. It impacts our oral microbiome. Our oral health is about so much more than just our mouths. And that's why you need to tongue scrape. I've been trying to get Zach to tongue scrape for like six months. And I keep, I bought him a tongue scraper and I just keep putting it in parts of the bathroom. And I think you'll be. <laughs> I, think I, I think I want a fancy, I think I want a fancy copper one like yours. I think I need to elevate the experience. All right. What are the gold tongue scrapers going I'll for these days? I'll look for a gold tongue scraper for you. 24 I, I carat, got you please. the $6 one from Amazon and that was my bad. I think that was a mistake. I'm yeah. so sorry. I'll get you the $12 mother, one from the package free shop. Uh, but definitely tongue scrape. Uh, another quickie is the defrizzing treatment that I got this year. Purilux changed my life. And I think this is another one. It kind of goes hand in hand with those solving problems or automating things. I struggled with my hair almost daily. Like I could get it to look cute, but it was so much effort and so much work. And then I would think about it when I was trying to do like physical activities. Like when we were going for a hike, I was like, oh, I'm going to make my hair look like crap. When there was bad weather, I was going to make my hair look like crap. When we were going tubing or, you know, hanging out a lake, my hair was going to look like crap. If you complain about your hair to your partner every single day, do it for them. do it for them and then i got this one treatment and yes it's a little bit pricey but it's called the pure lux treatment you can go to their website this is not sponsored but go to their website it's purelux.com i think and they have a place you can find a salon near you but it's just basically a non-toxic it's a keratin lake treatment but there's no formaldehyde. It's an amino acid treatment, I believe. So it's actually making your hair stronger. And now I can air dry my hair and it's giving me back so much time. And just, I feel good about my hair all the time, which again, I was always getting there before, but it was like with an hour or two of effort. And now you don't leave the house and you're like, oh man, did I leave the curling iron on? <laughs> How many times did I make you like bike home? <laughs> oh, the, the amount of money spent on like Ubers alone when we were in New York just to go check on the curling iron was probably pay for it in a year. And while we're on sort of body care and things we're putting in and on our body, what you consume changes how your skin looks as much as what you put on it. So vitamin C, having a healthy microbiome, and eating all of the veggies are more important than any serum. I think a lot of times we're expecting miracles from serums that we put on our face. And I do think it's important to have, you know, a good skincare routine, although I think it's usually needs to be far less extensive than what people think it needs to be. Um, But I think what we consume is 
equally, if not more important. And I think things like how our gut microbiome impacts our skin health are often really under talked about. I personally see a big difference when I'm having vitamin C on a regular basis and when I'm having fermented foods on a regular basis. So that's a big one for me. All right. Another quickie, just answer the text when you get it. It takes three times as long to close it, reopen it, and come up with an excuse about your belated reply. This one was big for me. I have 499 unread text messages. And I had a lot of people who were feeling neglected in my life. And I realized that opening it and then being like, oh, I'll answer that later was taking me more time ultimately than just coming up with an answer right then, even if that moment took a a tiny bit longer. And what's the spatial corollary to that? And the other one I have was put things in their actual places. If you leave it on the counter or the floor, you're essentially having to put it away twice. So the idea here is you come home, you have your jacket and your purse, and you kind of like dump it on the table. If you Then you have to later come and take your jacket and your purse and put them back where they should be going. And instead of just putting your jacket and your purse in their designated place. So it actually takes more time in the long run, even if it takes slightly more time in the moment. You want to take that slightly longer time in the moment so that it's not actually like twice as long in the grander scheme of things. And Zach likes this one because he uh, thinks I'm messy. Not messy. You just put things in an interim place. (laughs) <laughs> and then don't put them in the second place. So I'm working on that. I think I think that sometimes we try to give ourselves an out in the moment and it feels good in the moment, but actually in the long run, we're hurting ourselves more. I think procrastination can often feel like that. You're like, oh, I'll just feel good if I give myself this time to watch a few TikToks right now. But ultimately, you feel worse in the long run and you're doing that to yourself. Well, I, I also think it's like a, it's self that kind of category of things is self-perpetuating for stress. When we're stressed, we choose to cut a corner and then the cutting of the corner comes back to bite us and then it makes us more stressed. And it, and it, it costs, like you said, time. It costs time. And it that kind of goes with my next one, which is that keeping promises to yourself is one of the best ways to build self-love and self-trust. And I think this is so important that sometimes we just get in our own way and we're so much more apt to keep a promise that we made to somebody else. And sometimes we are like, well, I told myself I would work out this morning, but nobody else is relying on me. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to let this thing get in the way. I told myself I'd meditate every day, but I'm not going to do it. And every time you do something like that, you're chipping away at the self-trust relationship that you have. And I think that's so important. I think that as much as we would keep a promise to show up for somebody else to a workout class, to a meditation session, we should keep that promise for ourselves. Which also goes hand in hand with making the right promises and making good promises Mm. to yourself to keep. Downloading a habit tracking app takes 15 seconds and is the best way to make new habits actually stick. This was a big one for me this year. I downloaded an app. It's literally called Habit. And you put in habits that you want to have. And I think it's so important to do a mix of bigger ones and little tiny ones that you know you're going to hit every single day so that I have ones that are like no phone in bed in the evening, which I'm haven't hit yet, um, which is (laughs) terrible. But then I have ones I know that I hit every day, like have your green smoothie every day. I have circadian walks on there. So I think having a a mix of ones you know you're going to achieve so you feel good and ones that feel a little bigger, but something about just pushing that button, it gives me a little dingling. 
having little rewards too. I think we underestimate the value of rewards and sometimes we overestimate what the reward should be. We're like, oh, I should reward myself with a big dinner or an elaborate bath session. And for me, literally the reward of the little tingling on the habit app is enough to motivate (laughs) me to do it, which is crazy. It's crazy how little the reward needs to be, but there needs to be some acknowledgement that you've done something. Really enjoyed those gold stars on your essays as a child. I was a big gold star girl. Yeah, I uh, that was <laughs> that was really important to me. Consistent SPF will change your skin more than any product. Wear it on cloudy days. Wear it inside. Just put it on every morning, no exceptions. And I'm going to put as a side note to this one also, wash your face every single night. I cannot believe I'm saying this publicly, but this is the year where I started doing that for the first time, consistently washing my face at night. And again, it is just this little act of self-care, but it makes a huge difference not only in your skin, but in keeping promises to yourself in feeling good in your face and your body. I don't, I don't do that. Sorry. Well, I need more maybe self-love. this will be your your year. The The game changer for me was doing, I do, a, instead of doing a long shower at any point, I do a short shower in the morning and a short shower at night. A lot of little showers. I do a lot of little showers. So <laughs> Interspersed throughout the day. Well, And I wash my face in the night shower and I kind of like quickly wash my pits and my bits. Um, and then I get out and it's really quick and it's a warm shower. So a warm shower at night will actually help you sleep better because it'll raise your body temperature and then your body temperature will drop when you get out of the shower, which mimics the natural process of your body temperature dropping at night, which helps set your circadian rhythm and helps you sleep better. And then in the morning after my workout, I'll take another really quick shower. And this time I don't wash my face. I don't wash my face more than once a day so that I can preserve as much of my skin's barrier layer and microbiome as possible. But I wash it at night because I have on my sunscreen and the pollution from the day and just kind of my makeup if I wore any on it. But I don't wash it in the morning. And then I do my cold shower in the morning to wake me up. So I have my two baby showers And that's been the thing that like helped that habit stick. But SPF every single day because everything else you're trying to do, like when you're trying to get rid of your dark spots or get rid of your acne, like everything else you're trying to do on your face, get rid of your fine lines, your wrinkles, the sun is contributing negatively to almost all of that. So just putting this protective layer between you and the sun is going to make it so not all of these new issues are forming so that your skin your skin will literally look better if you wear SPF. I, I think people don't talk about that enough. I, I, I totally, I totally agree, babe. I just like how your advice these days are like, first, step one, you got to go outside every day for a circadian walk. Step two, though, before you do that, <laughs> you have to make sure that no sun touches your face. I actually don't often wear sunscreen for my circadian <gasps> walk. I just wear a hat. It's before my workout and it's before I put on my SPF, but it's 10 minutes. It's early in the morning. But I do think we underestimate how much sun exposure we have throughout the day. Throughout the day, later in the day, as you're driving to the grocery store, as you're walking between meetings, as sun is coming through, as you're working, your skin will look better. And I think we focus too much on like skin cancer, which is important to focus on. Maybe not too let's, let's focus on that. <laughs> let's focus on that. But people should say, because it's motivating, your skin will look better. Wear SPF every single day for six weeks and tell me that your skin hasn't changed. You know, it has changed drastically. So if you want to look gorgeous, wear SPF every single day and then wash it off every single night. 
All right, this is one that I like. We're nearing the end. If someone likes you, they won't care when you text or call. And if they don't like you, playing hard to get won't change that. Spend less time playing games and more time asking, what do I actually want? So I think this applies to dating, which is where you and I have discussed this a lot with people in my life who shall not be named. You know who you are. You know who you are. And we give you, we give a lot of our friends and family members advice when they're stressing about like, should I send this text? What do you think? And they'll often ask Zach because he's represents the entirety of the male population. Sorry, guys. And the truth is that if somebody likes you, these little games will change nothing. And if they don't like you, these little games will change nothing. So spending the time worrying about it is just wasted time that we've noticed often gets in the way of people saying, well, do I like this person? Do I want to spend my time with this person and self-reflecting in that way? Much like managing your financial investments, just put it in the market and don't try to micromanage it too much. (laughs) Don't try to micromanage it too much. So true. And I think it applies for friendships too. I think that pretending or faking or playing games is really just getting in the way of an end goal of trying to connect with people who want to connect with you because that's what it is all about at the end of the day. But put it in the market, right? That still means you have, like, that still means reaching out. That still means actually participating. It means putting your emotional and time dollar into, you know, bettering all of your relationships with people. Yeah, I love that. All right. Do you have any other sort of leave people with these thoughts for 2021 or get excited for 2022 with these thoughts? I've I've heard a lot of people just be like, no, nobody, nobody say 2022 is going to be your year. Like nobody, nobody. So we're not about to say. I don't know about you. I'm feeling 2022. Oh no! <laughs> yes. This is the year that Zach really fell in love with Taylor, which was special for me. If you have a man who's having a hard time appreciating the genius that is Taylor Swift, first point out their misogyny and then explain the stories behind a lot of those songs. I feel like that it really helps them become. It helped open them up for you, right? Once I realized there was a deep, rich backstory to every single song, <laughs> it can't be listened to like a novel, especially if somebody's narrating it for you. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm excited for 2022. I think that I'll just leave people on this. Thought. This is a thought I've been having a lot lately. I woke up today and it was pouring rain. It was gray and dark and grim outside. And my first thought was like, ugh, it's going to be a terrible day. It's grim and gray. I like sunshine. I'm a sunshine baby. And then I had the thought, what if today was a cozy day? What if the rain made it feel just really lovely and I could have a hot cup of tea and I could use it as an excuse to stay inside and catch up on my work and read a really good book? And I think that the attitude that we approach the situations that we're in, it can't change everything. And I'm not going to sit here and be one of those wellness people who are going to tell you that your thoughts entirely create your reality. Sometimes shit is hard. Sometimes your reality is going to be really hard. But I do think we have a lot of power to change how we approach situations. And I I'm hoping to bring a lot of that into 2022. We have the power to train our neuro pathways into thinking in the ways that we want to think. And the more that we think, the more that we practice training those neural pathways, the more that we 
make those into the thoughts that we want, the more they'll naturally go there anyway. So we are, every time we're flipping our thoughts, every time we're approaching the situation in the way that we want to approach it, that makes us feel the way we want to feel, we're making that groove a little bit deeper for the next time. We're setting the stage to have a little bit more of the experience we want to have the next time. So I hope that's an empowering note to leave 2021 on. And I'm really excited to see what 2022 brings. I would love to hear what you learned in 2021. If you want to screenshot this episode and share any thoughts on any of my learnings, any of Zach's commentary, his witty commentary. That, do that. (laughs) Um, Or anything that you've learned, any of your life lessons from 2021, screenshot and tag me on Instagram. I'm at Liz Moody and Zach and I will both look at all of the screenshots and DMs. And um, if you'd like to share this episode with anybody who you feel like would benefit from these learnings, I would so appreciate it. Oh, also, this is probably, Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, this is going to come out on Wednesday. Is this like pretty much the last days to buy the deck to ship before Christmas or are we too late on that already? Do your do your last uh, last pitch. Last last days, I think, to buy the deck before Christmas. So if you want to buy the Healthier Together Conversation deck, you can get that at htdeck.com. It's one to three day shipping. It's going to get a little bit longer as we get into the holidays. So really get in there as quickly as you can. htdeck.com gives you all of the information. It's 150 amazing conversation starters so that you can have the types of conversations that we have on this podcast. You can bring those into your everyday life with the people that you love and with strangers. If you're putting yourself out there in the market and going on the dates and you want to have really good conversations, you need the, the, the dating deck. feedback for the cards has been actually pretty good so far. It's really fun. And you can tell people, my little sister is like, yeah, it's like my sister's deck, so I have to use it. But you can use that. Anybody can say it's Liz's deck. It's my friend's deck. She my friend created, Liz's deck. It's my friend Liz's deck. And like, I don't know, she gave it to me. Let's just try it out. So if you need an excuse, do that. HTDeck.com. Share the episode. Tell me what you thought of the episode on Instagram at Liz Moody. And I will see you next week here for the next episode of the Healthier Together podcast. I love you guys. There is so much incredible science behind red light therapy. There's research going all the way back to 1903 that won a Danish physician a Nobel Prize for showing that exposure to concentrated red light accelerated physical healing. And research from NASA has shown that it boosts the production of growth factor proteins and collagen, among many other incredible things. I am obsessed with red light therapy. It is so science-supported, and I've personally seen huge, huge benefits. I use Bond Charge's Max Red Light Therapy device, which is a red light panel, so I'm not limiting its benefits to my face. I feel like the masks are so popular right now, but I would like to expose my entire body to the red light. That way, it helps with not only my skin, my collagen production, but also increasing energy, decreasing pain, repairing cellular damage, improving mental health and cognitive function, and so much more. You are not spending that much more money to get a panel versus a mask, but you get a much more versatile device with way more powerful effects. Bond Charge's Max Red Light Therapy device gives you professional-grade equipment straight at your home for the best price that I have seen anywhere. You can stand your Max panel on the floor on any flat surface, or you can hang it on the back of a door. It is really lightweight, and it is so easily stored away in the closet when you are done using it for the day. You only need 10 to 20 minutes, so Zach and I actually meditate in front of it naked, Uh, but there's lots of ways that you can habit stack it into your routine, so you do whatever sounds good to you. 
Check out Bond Charge's Max Red Light Therapy device now on bondcharge.com and use my exclusive promo code Liz Moody at checkout. Bond Charge products are all HSA, FSA eligible, giving you tax-free savings of up to 40%. And for a limited time on top of that, my listeners will get 15% off when you order from bondcharge.com and use my exclusive promo code Liz Moody at checkout. That is B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com. You will also get free shipping and a 12-month warranty. Go now to get this exclusive offer. That is bondcharge.com with promo code Liz Moody to get 15% off. 